So what does this future city tell us about our lives today? What does a future city matter for us where we're at right now? Well, to understand that, I think that in order to understand the city that's to come, we need to compare it and understand a little bit how it relates to the garden. Do you remember the very first week of the series where Pastor Don talked about the Garden of Eden? And I know he talked about different gardens as well, but we talk about the idea of the Garden of Eden at the beginning of the Bible and the city to come at the end of the Bible. And did you know that the beginning of the Bible and the end of the Bible are incredibly similar. They might begin with the garden and end with the city, but the details between them are amazingly similar. In Genesis 1 through 3, we hear the story of a garden, and Revelation 21 to 22, the story of a city. At the start, we hear, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. At the end, we hear, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. At the start, the sea is an image of chaos, an image of disorder, an uh, idea that things aren't as they should be. In the city, that chaos is gone. There is no sea. God created the light in the darkness in the garden, but in the city, there is no darkness. God made the sun and the moon in the garden, but the city has no need for them. Death entered creation in the garden, but in the city there is no more death. Satan showed up in the garden and deceives humanity, but Satan disappears forever and never is able to step foot in the city. God's dwelling with the people is interrupted in the garden, but in the city God's dwelling with people finally returns, resumes. Because of sin, sorrow increased at the garden. But in the city, there is no more sorrow, no more crying, and no more pain. In the garden, the ground was cursed. But in the city, the curse will be no longer. In the gar because of sin, the first paradise is closed. But because of Jesus, the new paradise is open wide. Access to the tree of life is barred, pet stopped in the garden but access to the tree of life is reinstated in the city. People were driven out of the garden, but in the city, people are able to see God's face. This city, this is the culmination of God's plan. This is the culmination of his victory. This is what he's been planning all along. His presence was only with people in the garden for a while, in the original temple of creation. They were tasked with expanding the garden and taking God's presence to the, throughout, the crea throughout the earth. But their sin defiled the garden. So God had to remove them because of that. But his just response to our sin never once paused his love for us. Now, see, I, I know how LaMarcus leads worship and stuff, and see, that would be an amen point right there. Like that, when you hear that, you gotta say amen to that, right? To say his just response to our sin never paused his love for us. Amen. That's something to amen about. He graciously continues to pursue us. 
Jesus, he, Jesus was sent so that the victory over sin could be won. His cleansing sacrifice to remove the defilement of sin so we can return home to God, to a city. First Peter chapter 3 says, Christ suffered for our sins once for all time. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. God wants you where he is. God wants you home with him. And that home is going to be a city. To dwell with God in that way again. This is what we long for. Even if we don't realize it. In Hebrews chapter 11, the author there mentions name after name of people who had faith in God. In fact, it says in verse 13 of chapter 11, all these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agree that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. Obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country they can call their own. If they had longed for the country they came from, they could have just gone back. But they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. This city of Revelation 21 and 22, that's the city that's been prepared. That's the better homeland for us. There's some place better waiting for us. Comparing life now to that life to come, the same author says in Hebrews, for here we do not have an enduring city, but we are looking for a city that is to come. This place, this home, as fun as it is and as beautiful as it can be and as exciting as it can be at times, this is not enduring. And God has something better. And that better city is the culmination. This is why when he, I heard a loud voice from the throne, this is why it says, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. You can, you can the, hear the essence of that. Finally, finally, after all of this time and after all of this waiting and after all of this work and after all of this patience and all of this perseverance, finally, we're home. Finally, it can be as it was supposed to be. Finally, we can dwell with God face to face, wherever we are, whatever your address is now, this is your temporary home. It was, it was really weird to go back to the house that I grew up in to film that um, now. I mean, I'm 46, so it's been 40 years since I lived there, and we were the first people that lived in that house. My parents built it at the time, and I remember exactly where my room was, and my neighbor still lives in the next door house, and she knew the neighbor, and she asked if I, I figured, hey, you know, it never hurts to ask. You might as well ask, and so she went to the woman and said, explained who I was. I was a pastor. I'm not just some crazy person who's going to come to their house. He, really, he would like to know, as odd as it sounds, if he could come in and take a picture in his old bedroom. Would you be okay with with that. 
And she thought it was good, but they weren't going to be home and they were working. But I had this idea in my head. I was there first. That's my house. This is my room. But it's not. That was something only for a little while. That was only for a season. And that's how your home is right now. That's how this life is right now. And as good as it might seem, as difficult as it might be, whatever part of that spectrum you're on right now, God has a city for you. God has a home for you. And it's better. It's better. And that's the home you are longing for. From the moment you put your faith in Jesus, from the moment your life and identity is defined by him, you are destined. You might have an address you put your mail on, but the moment that you put your faith in Jesus, you have an address in heaven waiting for you. You have a place with him in that city, a beautiful, glorious city dwelling with God. Well, what does that future city tell us in the meantime? Because we're still waiting for it. We're longing for it. It's in the future. So what does that mean for us now? What does this future city tell us about our lives today? Well, the first thing is this, is that future city gives perspective for today. The city of the future gives us perspective for today. When your identity is in Jesus, is in Jesus he becomes your single point of reference. He is the one that you make every decision based on. It's how you process life, how you think about life, your basis for not only right and wrong, but what is wise, how you should go about the life that you live. Everything is seen through him. He is what helps us make sense of this life. It says in Roman, excuse me, Revelation 21.1, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for that old heaven and that first earth and that first heaven had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. Well, we're still on this new, that first heaven and this first earth, this first creation, but that new one that is to come gives me a perspective that I can see my present life differently. And so a, the future city gives us the perspective that there's more than this moment. There's more than the moment that we find ourselves in. Sometimes, especially when life is heavy, when life is difficult, when it's so overwhelming, we don't see or we don't know, we can't fathom how we can keep going. How, what's, how, what, what, there can't, is there anything else beyond this moment? We get so laser focused that we can't think or process anything beyond now, but that future city lets us know, no, there is another chapter to come. There is more to your story. And that is not to minimize the difficulty of anything that any of us are going through, especially in a year 2020, but it's to remind us that is not the last page of your story. The thing that you are going through right now is not the defining reality of your story. It is not the end of your story. There is more to come. There is more to come for you. And even if the worst case scenario on this side of eternity is, is that you pass on, that is best case scenario in light of eternity because you are with him. 
And so there is more to your story. Look at whatever you're going through knowing that. You will get through this. You have people who care about you. You have a church family that will walk with you. There is more than the chapter that you are in, and the end is already done, already won, victory, and that's what's to come. The future city gives us a perspective that there's more than the moment. The future city gives us the perspective that there's more than only our story. Not only can we get tunnel vision on the moment that we're in, but we can get tunnel vision within the experiences that we have. We only see life through what we have experienced, who we have known, the different type of people that we have interacted with in the neighborhood of the place. We only know that place. But the reality is, is that that future city is going to be a lot more, um, and it's going to have a lot, different, a lot more different people in it than what I know and what you know. In fact, it says in Revelation 21, 24, the nations will walk by its light and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor. The nations are gonna be in the city. Every different people group, every different race, every different economic status. It doesn't matter what type of life that you're living right now, there's gonna be people from all different types of life in the city to come. And that's, that should give us a little bit of perspective as we live now to be willing to listen to people that are different than us. To not assume the things that we see or know or hear, maybe on different news media or in film or culture or whatever, but to see people for who they are. To interact with them and get to know them. Do the work to get to know people for their stories and not make assumptions based on yours. The future story gives us perspective that there's more than what I've only known. And the future city gives the perspective that there's more than this stuff. The stuff of earth is going to rust. It's going to break. Especially at a time during Christmas when there's the hunt for the gadget or the toy. Year round, we, we go and we look for what we can have, what we've accomplished we, we find value in titles and degrees and experiences, accolades. All of these things give us worth. But Jesus says, do not look to the things of this earth. Do not look to what you can hold on to for your value. Find your value in me, he says. In Matthew 6, he says, Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, but where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What are you trying to collect and hoard and have and to find value in? I think that the first part of the movie Wally gives us a good image of how we should see our stuff. It is all bound for the garbage heaps. There is nothing that you got in the last week that will not be in the garbage in probably next five or 10 years. Now I got some stuff too. I'm not trying to damper the mood. I'm gonna go play video games with my kids when we get done. But we need to see those things with a proper perspective. Because nothing that you got in the last week gives you any sense of value compared to Jesus. And nothing that you didn't get this week would matter in comparison to him. 
There is nothing in this stuff on earth that is greater than him. And that future city lets us see the stuff for what it is. How does the future city help you recalibrate your perspective? As you process your life, as you process your experiences, what you're going through, do you need to see your stuff different? Do you need to see how you see other people different? Do you need to see the moment that you're in different? Because the future city is showing us how to live in our current one. And we need to live it in light of who we are in him. The city of the future gives us perspective for today. The city of the future also gives us hope for today. The city of the future gives us hope for, ta- for today. The life, this life at times is full of tears. It is hard. Just over the last week, I've had two very dear friends, literally the exact same night within hours of each other. They don't know each other, but both of their fathers passed. Another friend of mine, her uncle passed on Christmas Day. This is not how we expect or want to be celebrating these times. Over the course of the pandemic, people have lost jobs. People have gotten sick. Mental health is challenged intensely. Cabin fever feels constant and relentless. The difficulty is real. The hurt is real. The sadness is real. The tears are real. And you need to hear this. They are okay. Never for feel guilty or allow somebody else to make you feel guilty because you think life is hard when life is hard because tears are okay and exhaustion is normal and one of my favorite parts of the bible that i think is so important for as we go through this life until our future home is jesus's words in the garden of gethsemane He told his disciples, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Overwhelmed with emotion. And when it says sorrow to the point of death, Jesus is saying, I am as low as humanly possible right now. If there was a low point as far as where human emotions can get to, I am scraping that level. And you know why that's so important for you and I? Because Jesus never sinned. Jesus was perfect. And so what does that mean for you and I? If our perfect Savior said, I am experiencing sadness to the depth that it can go, it's not sin when you experience it. It's not wrong for you to say, this is hard. This is difficult. This is not how I wanted this to be. I would say that we do too much damage by bottling it in, denying it, saying, no, no, I can push through. No, you can't. You need to get that out. Humans are not bottomless pits. There is a bottom. The more that you bury stuff, it is going to come out. If you bring it out intentionally, it comes out healthy. 
If it runneth over because there's no more room, that's going to be healthy for you and everyone it splatters on. What are you burying right now? What are you lying to yourself about? What tears are you holding back because you think that it's, that's weak or that's not how God wants me to be or what will people think? Who cares what people think? God does want you to be honest with him because he knows already anyway and he's already given you the model of how to go about it. Please be with me and pray. I need to experience this. And he says to the Father, man, if there's another way to do this, let's do that, but your will be done. And so what are you dealing with right now? But as you're dealing with it, as you give yourself permission to lament, to feel, to experience the life as it's coming, you need to think about the city to come. Because it says he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. To know that the tears that we cry now, they'll end. They'll end. The pain that causes them, that will end. It is not destined to be your entirety. There is a future city to come where that will be over. But in the meantime, you have a God who loves you beyond what you can comprehend, who will carry you from now to that city. I want to read to you a quote by a guy named Craig Keener. It's a little bit longer. It's going to be on the screen. But I believe in not reinventing the wheel. He says it perfectly, so why try to redo it? He says this, To the overworked leader who feels unappreciated, to the wounded wife abandoned by her husband, to the shy child teased by peers for her weight or his pimples, to any of us in our brokenness, the greatest comfort is God's love. We can afford to be vulnerable with him concerning our pain because we know he shares our pain with us. When the hardships seem too great to bear, as they must have seemed to many of the first Christians who heard Revelation read to them, we must remember that his love gives us a promise of fulfillment of head. And if the hardships tempt us to doubt his present love and our future hope, we only need look back to the cross where God in the flesh shared our pain with us and in our stead. Earlier today, we sang, your love never fails. That is not just a song to sing together toward him. It's a truth to embrace with your life. His love for you never fails. And remember, the revelation, the people who first got this, they were being persecuted. Their lives were being threatened for their faith. And John gives them this revelation to say, keep going. Don't stop. He loves you. He cares for you. There's more to come. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Whatever 2020 has brought you, whatever 2019 brought you, Whatever, keep going back to the thing that you're thinking about has brought you. Keep going. Do not give up. Do not stop. Persevere. Keep going because his love never fails. He loves you and he is going to carry you through the thing you're going through. 
The city of the future gives us perspective for today, hope for today, and the last thing, the city of the future is being built today. It's one of the things about living in this area. We get to see the, the, the buildings that go up. Um, me and my kids, we drive by, um, we have to drive by the loop a lot, and um, we, we don't live there, but we go by a lot. We see some of the skyscrapers that have been built, and my daughter kind of makes a comment like, oh, little, it's a little higher. Oh, Dad, they added the windows. Oh, and you can kind of see it going up piece by piece. We talk about the future city and its completion, but did you know it's getting built now piece by piece? Brick by brick, it's getting built now. Ephesians 2 says, consequently, you and I are no longer foreigners or strangers, strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit this city is made we are that city those who have put their faith in Jesus who are part of his family who are part of this faith community it isn't just new life Oak Lawn and new life Lincoln Park and all other new lives but every church that you drive by every church that we could go and visit to whether it's in the country or around the globe everywhere people have put their faith in Jesus and are proclaiming him are bricks in the city they, we are the ones making this temple. It says in 1 Corinthians 3, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? And so why do I say that the city's being built now? Because Jesus tells you and me that he entrusts us to go and tell other people about him. The, the, the city isn't just for you. The city's for that neighbor that coworker, that family member, that person in your neighborhood, that person in your class, they're supposed to be part of the city. They're supposed to be part of that city to come. They are supposed to be part of it getting erected there and you are the one who has been given the ministry of reconciliation to go and share with them the good news of Jesus. When Jesus said, when he says, he who is seated on the throne says, I am making everything new. You are someone, he says, I want you in on this now. To be able to tell other people about the new life you have received in Jesus. And about the new life they need in him. And so who do you know that doesn't know the Lord? Who do you know that needs to know that joy, that peace, that life, to be one with him and one with the body of Christ. Because maybe that's what your 2021 is gonna be defined by. Can you imagine that? Getting to the end of next year and the person that you thought of when I said, who is the person that they have come to know the Lord by then. Because it's possible. Why do you think it's not? It's possible. It's, it's God working through you. It's not about you, it's about him. It's you being faithful to him, working through you. So why do you think he's not gonna do what he says he's gonna do? So who is the person? 
And how awesome of an end of the year 2021 to say who all came to know Jesus this year that your friend, your neighbor, your family member would be one of the people that raises their hands because that's the city to come. That's the city being built. And God wants you to be a part of it and he wants those people to be brought into the family. And so I pray as you go forward into this next year that you pray for courage, that you pray for wisdom, that you pray for open doors, that you pray for the extermination of excuses in your life and that God would use you to bring people into this city. The city of the future gives us perspective for today, hope for today, and is being built today. Let me close with this passage. Jesus says in John 14, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be there where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. The way to that place is through Jesus. It's only through him. We sang earlier, I, I will build my life upon the rock. Does that, does that describe you or is that just some lyric that Lamarcus sang? That can't just be a part of a song. That has to define who you are. That you have built your life on Jesus. You have aligned who you are with him. You have given him the allegiance of your heart. You have put your faith in Jesus because only those people are headed to the city. Only those are one with him. Only those people have true hope and purpose and peace. And God wants that to be you. But you have to let go of these lesser things. You have to acknowledge you can't do it on your own. You have to acknowledge it's all him. You have to acknowledge his work on the cross is everything that you needed but you could not do. And he did it out of love for you so that you could have that victorious life. And so I pray that if you don't know him, that you find him tonight. And I pray that if you do know him, that you end 2020 determined to build the city in 2021. God, I thank you so much for your love for us. I thank you so much for this family. God, I thank you for how you are speaking to their hearts. I pray that you would encourage. I pray that you would motivate. I pray you would challenge. I pray that you would give a mission, God, of reconciliation and it burns in their hearts, a hunger for you. God, I pray for the stories that will be told in a year from now. We ask all of this in your name. You are worthy of more worship than we can give you, but we worship you still. Amen.